I want to go to the scripture this morning in first uh, in Daniel chapter one, first chapter, first verse. Then I want to read verse four through seven. Praise God. <clears throat> Daniel chapter one, verse one. And uh, mentioning the worship, I think there was. I think it's already been announced, but I'll announce it here again. There won't be, will not be any choir practice on tonight, okay? All right. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Verse 4, the children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored, skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as has ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach and learning the tongue of the Chaldees. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them three years that at the end thereof, they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. <clears throat> Unto them the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, and to Hananiah Shadrach, and to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. Amen. What we see here in this story is, I believe, a, a parallel that perhaps no other time in the kingdom of God or here in the earth has it paralleled our time such as it has today. It talks to us about people that uh, do not just believe in God, but belong to God. And there is a difference between believing and belonging. The greatest ongoing attendance in church history was during the Depression, when people had nothing. People didn't have any jobs, they didn't have any stuff, nothing else to do but go to church. And we are a nation that believes in God but does not belong to His kingdom. Statistics tell us when Surveys are taken that over 80% of Americans believe in God, but cannot be found connected to his church. The very reason that we see this is, is because of this, what I say is this Babylonian spirit uh, that I believe is a spirit that is upon our society and our world today. People want to be in, uh, come to church uh, that they do not belong to. People want to be married in a church that they've never been in. People die at a bar and want to be buried in the church. Uh, it is interesting to me that, that this kind of thing goes on because I believe that if I believe in something strong enough, then I will want to, to preserve it. I want to be a part of it. I want to carry on and advance it. 
But something tells us that because we are believers that we're also belongers. But the Bible teaches us that there is a difference. And we see that there has been an image that has been developed in the church. When I ask myself this question, why is it that so many people believe but they do not belong? Then I have to believe that it is because there has been a negative image that has been imposed upon the world of the church. The root word for imagination is image. And Nebuchadnezzar's goal was to build an image. An image is not a thing, it is it represents a thing. And what you see inside of your mind whenever a thing is mentioned. So if I were to say car, you have a envision, you begin to think about and you see what you envision, what your image comes to your mind, right? Whatever we speak about, when you say that word, there is an image that comes up that represents what the word is. And what we are dealing with is the powers that are at war with one another. We see there is a king of Judah. And what does Judah mean? It means children of praise. And then there is the king of Babylon. And those two powers are warring one with another. What the enemy wants to do is to reach in and pull out of Judah those who are gifted, skilled, and wise. And what was left is the cream of the crop is taken. And what is left is to bring in this Babylonian system so that the gifted, the skilled, and the wise will will be removed from the church, from Judah, and now all that is left is people that can't get nothing done. Amen. People that couldn't play in the bar come to church. People that can't make it in real singing, they come to church. Huh? That's the vision. That the, that's the vision that the world has been given of the church. We may sit here in our church and say, we don't like that. Well, I didn't say I like it. I'm telling you, that's the image that has been given to the church. People that can't get nothing done. People that are less than. Dysfunctional people that are unable to do anything. Just then don't have nothing else to do. Those are the folks that fill the church. Amen. But you see, I didn't stop. It didn't stop us from being a nation of believers. It stops us from being a nation of belongers. And until we belong to the kingdom of God, there is no threat to the powers of darkness. Until we we understand that this generation has come into a place of conflict where that there is a war that is going on in the Babylonian system of this age that has come to conflict the world of, of the kingdom of God. And it is between the king of Judah, which is David, which is a type of Christ, and the king of Babylon which is a Babylonian spirit which comes from from the church to to the church to gift the gifted, the skilled and the wise and withdraw from it everything that has potential and ability. It speaks of the next generation of leaders and all it leaves is lazy, bored people. Amen. 
And when the church is left with a crew like this, the king of Babylon can build an image in the minds of the world that if you go to church, if you belong to the church, it's because you are second rate. You don't have the ability to get a thing done. But when the church buys into this, then we we realize that we become inferior ourselves. And we think that because we are a part of the body of Christ, we're not as big as government. We're not as big as politicians. We're not as big as, uh, as whatever you want to label it as. But I want to tell you today that being a part of the kingdom of God, you are a, a, a part of something today that is bigger than the, the uh, government. It is something bigger than the banking world. It is bigger than the kingdoms of this world. In fact, the Bible said, God said, the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. And so what he is saying today, we are a part of something that's greater, amen, than the entertainment world. We're a part of something that's bigger than the banking world. We're a part of the kingdom of God that has the power of heaven and earth enforcing us. We are greater than the things that he has told us we cannot do. But the problem is, is too many folks have bought into it. Huh? Have bought into the lie. But there is a conflict and we feel like that we're outnumbered, we're outclassed, we're out, out gifted. But we have to understand the call of God is more important than the image the world has tried to place upon us. And the call of God will supersede. Amen. And we do not have to be inferior. We do not have to take a second seat to nobody because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. When this image is in the culture, people think that church is a glorified soup kitchen. When this when this, when this idea is embraced, they think the preacher is a glorified boy scout going around doing good deeds all day. But I want to tell you that it's greater than that. I said it's greater than that. We are not just here to fix up people and solve people's problems. We are here to make disciples. Because you see, you can feed people every day. But you can reach out and do good deeds every day. But we are here to disciple people. What are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying you don't care about the hurting? No, we understand that Jesus has sent us to heal the brokenhearted. He has come to set at liberty them that are bruised. But he hasn't called us just to prop people up all the time. He has called us to make disciples. And whenever we make disciples, it means that we are discipled, disciplined in kingdom living and kingdom ethics. And because we are discipled, we fix people. We fix them to where we will not have to deal with this time next year what we're facing today. Because we are discipled, we're disciplined. We take in the kingdom ethics and now we're beating to a different drum and the kingdom of God is coming to us and we're developing leaders to go to the next level. Amen. Therefore, you can't, because we are all the time trying to prop things up, we can't never develop leaders to go to the next level. You can't always every week be trying to prop up the bottom. Huh? At some time, we've got to get up. I said at some time, we've got to get up. After we've heard the word enough, we ought to be, be imposing the kingdom of God upon other people's lives, empowering them. 
Babylon captivity is different than Egypt's bondage. I need you to get that. Babylonian captivity is different than Egypt's bondage. The children of Israel went from Egypt's bondage to a land of promise. A civil war divided them in Babylonian captivity. Egypt's bondage is just that, it's bondage. In Egypt, there were walls, there were taskmasters, there were chains, there was bondage everywhere that you went. They ate onions and garlic, right? They worked with no water. They, they worked with no reward. And you're told when to get up and when to go to bed. Egypt means a, a narrow place. It means limited and confined. Egypt represents the life of addiction, bondage, dysfunction, and anger. And God wants everyone to be free. God placed in every individual the desire to be free. Even the animals he created desired to be free. But I want to tell you today, a part of the anointing that has been given to the church is to deliver that which has a spirit of bondage upon it. Amen. It is that spirit of Moses that goes into Egypt's bondage, amen, and begins to speak the songs of the Lord, begin to declare the decree of the Lord. You see, we don't sing silly songs here because silly songs won't get it done. There is an anointing that comes as we begin to worship and glorify God we're doing more than entertaining one another but we are speaking into the atmosphere and prophetically declaring with the spirit of Moses that we have come and we are saying let my people go Amen. And so that's the reason why we proclaim it strongly. That's the reason we believe, amen, that we have the ability to set free those who are in bondage. Egypt is bondage. Babylon, Babylon is captivity. The difference is this. Egypt has walls. It has boundaries. It has limitations that are, that are natural that say this is how far you can go. But when you look at Babylon, it has no walls. It has no chains. But it is to be bound in the mind. You have no walls to say this is as far as you go, but the culture has told you this is as far as you can go. The mindset is this is as far as you can go with your education. This is as far as you can go with God. This is as far as you can go as a Christian. And we are living in a Babylonian imprisonment of the mind. That has told this generation that nobody wants to hear about God. Huh? Nobody wants to serve the Lord. Nobody wants to do the, the kingdom thing. But I want to tell you the devil is a liar. There are people everywhere that want to be free. There are people everywhere that want to come out of Babylon. Their minds have been tormented all of their life. They've been told all of their life they're nobody. They can do nothing. Their, chief, their parents have spoken it to them. Their teachers have declared it over them. But I want to tell you there is an anointing that can break the Babylonian spirit off of your mind and set you free and set you upon a solid and a firm foundation. Establish your coming in and going out and call 
you blessed. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful today that the enemy may come with a Babylonian spirit, but he, God has not left us as orphans in this world, but he has given us an anointing to destroy the mindset of Babylon and declare that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Come on, give him praise right here today. In Egypt, they got garlic and onions. <laughs> Ain't that something? In Babylon, they got steak and wine. So which one do you want? Babylon is a spirit, Ralph, that makes it easy on us. Because as long as it's easy on you, you won't want to go anywhere. Right? And so the spirit of Babylon has made it fluffy. It's made it nice. It's made it feel good. And he said, I'm going to bring them into Babylon. And for three years, I'm going to feed them the king's meat. What is meat? Meat in the Bible represents doctrine. Huh? That's the reason why God told us in Malachi to bring your tithe in the storehouse of God so there will be meat in my house. So there'll be doctrine in my house. Jesus said, I have meat that you know not of. He tells us as we are growing that we are to get off of the milk of the word and to get on the meat of the word. The spirit, the, the spirit of new of wine talks about the spirit of the age. So he is saying that I'm going to take these people from Judah that are gifted and talented. And for three years, I'm going to give them my doctrine. I'm for three years, I'm going to put upon them the spirit of the age. And I'm going to be able to transform their thinking. That's the reason why that we see this, this spirit of Islam that's rising up. That it's not only hitting the college campuses, but now is infiltrating into the high school and into the middle school and into the small little class is because they want to change your mind, want to change the way that you're thinking. That's what Babylon was doing. That's what the king was doing. He was trying to transform the way they were thinking about a thing so they wouldn't believe in the God that their forefathers had served for years. Amen. And so Babylon was different. It was a bondage that came to them. And he said, I'm going to feed them this spirit of the age. I'm going to feed them my doctrine for three years. So it takes Judah wise, skillful, and it puts them into this place. And then after that, he said, I'm going to change their name. Why change their name? Because their name attached them to their God. Huh? And most of us even today know them by their Babylonian name better than we know them by the name that Judah had given them. Right? And if we can disconnect them from the na their name, then they do not have an identity. And if they don't have an identity, they won't know their God. And if they don't know their God, then we can enslave them. Huh? Are you seeing how this is happening? And when you believe that you can't be free, you'll never try to get free. 
When you don't believe that you can ever do better, you'll never try to do better. What does Babylon mean? Adam and Noah both had been given this soul to go and take dominion or authority in the earth. Religious people think that heaven belongs to God and the earth belongs to the devil. But the devil is a liar. The Bible said the earth belongs to God. The fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. Amen. But the people that... that to. Get got together and God said go and take dominion over the earth and the people began to gather together and they said we're going to invade heaven and they began to build a tower that was called Babel right this word when you break it down B-A-B means gate I-L-I-L means God so that he said we're going to invade the gate of God God didn't tell them to crash the gates of heaven. He told them to crash the gates of hell. They got it all mixed up. Why? Because they have this Babylonian spirit that had come upon them where that they were uh, desired the things of wealth and materialism. And that's what the spirit of Babylon is out to do. A spirit of ease, wealth, and materialism. Huh? It's quiet up in here today. You know why it's quiet? Because every one of us recognize this is the spirit that's upon the earth. This is what we're warring against and it's so easy to give in to it. That spirit of wealth and materialism wanted easy. And even, even whenever the church is backed up and while the church is backed up, the world has stepped up. And has infiltrated even the church with this spirit of ease and wealth and materialism. So that when Israel went into Jericho, Achan uh, seen this Babylonian garment, huh? And he wanted the Babylonian garment more than he wanted the victory for the kingdom of God. Babylon now has all of the skillful, the gifted, and the talented. But, but they can, can be bought off. How can they be bought off? Just give it to them easy. Just give them what their heart desires. Give them cars. Give them houses. Give them them fun. And nobody will want to go nowhere. (laughs) Amen. Give them nice clothes. Give them big houses. Give them what their heart desires and they'll never leave Babylon. You know, if you've been around here at all, I'm not against prosperity. I believe in prosperity. If anybody ought to be blessed, it ought to be the children of God. But be careful in your blessing that you don't allow the blessing to overcome the blesser and become more important than what God has, the God that has given it to you, more important than those things which he has given you. Because the fact of the matter is we have been bought into this Babylonian spirit to where we will, we will, uh, Bless the Lord, we'll want to serve God if it doesn't mess with our Babylonian lifestyle. Huh? 
But Babylon for 70 years, the children of promise were sitting in Babylon for 70 years. They had no temple for 70 years. They did not go to church for 70 years. They had no sacrifice for 70 years. They had no song to sing to the Lord for 70 years. They were without the teaching of the word of God. They didn't have the Psalms or the Proverbs. They had no priest to minister in the temple, no prayers to pray. Children of promise are now in Babylon and do not even recognize it or miss the things of God. And now something happens that the God that controls the heart of the king raises up and puts down another, begins to speak to this king of Babylon after 70 years, and he begins to make the king decree a thing. And the king's heart was turned, and he said, Children of Judah, you can go back to your home and build your temple. After 70 years of captivity in their minds, you would have thought, it was the most joyful day they would have thrown a party and they would have ripped out of there with all kinds of excitement but the Bible says that Judah's heart was broken when they found out they had to go back why? because they had all the comforts they had all the good stuff they had everything that their flesh desired until they had forgot about their God I'm concerned in this hour. Oh, I know this isn't popular. And I know I won't get any love mail about this message. But I'm concerned about the modern day church that has got so uh, uh, a desire and so much of the things of the world that we don't, for we have forgotten about the God that we serve. That we've forgotten that he, it is he that we live and we move and we have our being. It is he that if it had not been for him on our side, our enemies would have already taken us out. But thank God today for this love. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. We, we need to understand that this is the church generation that we're living in. Children of promise called to dominion, called to authority, called to sacrifice and to worship. But yet we're in the bondage of Babylon. Oh, we don't have it so bad. We want to be Christian as long as Christian doesn't mess up our Babylonian lifestyle. It's okay. Huh? As long as we can live how we want to. And the only difference between us and the Babylon is we come to church on Sunday. Amen, pastor, preach on. Huh? There's got to be something about this that is more than me coming to church. There's got to be something about this that is more than me going through some religious rigors and motions that, that says I'm a Christian. But there's got to be something that changes my life. That calls me. Yes, I walk through Babylon every day. I, I hear its calls. Yeah, it, you're a fool if you say that you don't hear the calls of the world. But I want to tell you, the longer you walk with him, the more you commune with him, the lower and lesser the voice and the draw gets, and the stronger his call comes upon your life. And your desire and your hunger will be like that of David. As a deer pants for the water's brook, my soul longs 
comes for you. I want to tell you today, I'd rather have a millisecond in the presence of God than to be in the presence of dignitaries and everybody to know my name. Why? Because one moment in his presence will shift everything in my life. One moment in his presence can turn my world around. It can give me purpose. It'll give me hope. It'll give me direction. It'll give me answers to what I cannot understand or comprehend. But just being in his presence is worth everything in my life. But we've got, we've got more concerned about getting stuff than we have getting God. But what, I, what you don't have to read very far. You can just read a few lines in his book and he'll tell you if you'll seek me first. And my righteousness, then I'll add all of these other things unto you. Amen. If we'll put him first in our lives, amen, he will be provide, not only be the provider, but they will come and find us. Amen. After 70 years, now something happens and God turns their heart. They're free to go, but they don't want to go. We're living in that age today. Huh? Where people don't want to go. But the day is coming when we'll want to. Hear me, no matter how much culture pushes on you, God did not call you to a life of ease, void of sacrifice. Huh? All them bright, shiny teeth preachers on TV tell you I'm happy and you're happy and let's all just be happy. There is a Greek word for that, baloney. Amen. Because the Bible said those who live godly will suffer persecution. He said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. He said, it's going to rain on the just as well as the unjust. Come on, somebody. It doesn't exempt us from trouble, but we have a God in the midst of trouble that can deliver us out of trouble. Hallelujah. Now, I want to tell you today that this gospel that is being preached is just a Babylonian spirit that's being spewed from pulpits all over our nation, and somebody has to rise up and say, it's not so. It's a Babylonian spirit. Don't you get it confused? It's not a life of ease. We've still got to make sacrifice. Somebody's still got to pray. Someone still has to fast. Someone still has to read the word of God. Amen. It's a lifestyle of discipleship. He didn't call us to a life of ease. God's not interested in your convenience. He's interested in your discipleship. And if it makes you inconvenienced, if it makes you suffer, if it makes you go through trouble, that's all right because God didn't promise you that you were going to be easy. He just promised you that I'm going to make it way when there seems there is no way. Amen. He promised that he would be an ever-present help in the time of our trouble. Why? Because I've committed myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we get all messed up with this Babylonian spirit that's being spewed out. That, oh, it's just an easy way. Everything's going to be okay. And they make up all those rhymes. 
But what do you do whenever trouble comes? And then you become confused and say, God must not love me. Huh? You get overwhelmed and you begin to think, I I must not even be saved because if I was saved, this wouldn't be happening to me. Come on, somebody. If God cared for me, he wouldn't let me go through this. It's because we've listened to the spirit of Babylon that said it's all going to be easy. And it's a lie. Amen. No matter how easy the culture tries to make it on you, choose to take the right path even when it costs you. I knew that wouldn't be received real well. Our generation has been taught to take the easy path to everything, even if it leads to nothing. Huh? I told the first service, you know, Destiny Jordan's not real involved in sports, but Destiny, uh, she, she likes sports. And every once in a while, whenever they don't win, I, I look at her and I said, you're a loser. Oh, everybody needs to get a trophy. Hogwash. Losers don't need a trophy. And I got news for you. In every game, there's a winner and there is a loser. Huh? We set people up for this false hope that, oh, everybody is a winner. No, you've got to apply yourself. I don't put that on her to make her feel bad. I tell her next week, next game, you can be a winner. Because we've got to apply ourselves to the best of our potential. And even when the spirit of Babylon comes and tells you you can't, you've got to push up against that thing and say, greater is he that is in me. Amen. And so we've got to understand this today. God gave you that mind and that ability to do his work. This generation has been influenced by Motown and Hollywood and void of sacrifice and just going through the motions and people of God don't even understand that the spirit that is upon our nation is the spirit of Babylon. But somebody's got to tell Motown, somebody's got to tell The Rock, somebody's got to tell Hollywood that it was God that gave you that gift. You may be using it for yourself, Babylonian ideas and mindset, but God's the one that taught, gave you the gifting to play that guitar. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't know a key on that piano. Come on, somebody. But it was God that gave you the voice, the talent, and the ability. We've got to begin to tell this generation that it was God that gave us the gifts, the talent, and the ability. And if it had not been for him, we wouldn't even be able to do a thing. It's interesting to me. People say, well, I just don't have a a memory. And you ask them what kind of car they would love to have, and they'll tell you every description of the car. But then can't quote one scripture in the Bible. Kumbaya. Let's just raise our hands and sing Kumbaya. We'll all feel better. (laughs) Hallelujah. How many know this is the truth? 
It ain't something easy. I didn't get up and say, oh, I'd love to preach this today. But I, I believe that sometimes you've got to just got to draw some lines in the sand and you've got to say, we, we veered off to the right or to the left and we've got to come back to balance. And it's not bad to have things, right? We went through that thing where the, the church, especially pastors, would, would well, we were in poverty and, and people would think that the, the poor the preacher was, the more anointed he was. I found out I can preach a whole lot better when I got some money in my pocket. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because if I'm worried about how I'm going to pay my bills, huh? If I'm worried about how I'm going to feed my kids, come on. I can't keep focused on the things of God. But I thank God for his blessing. I thank God for his favor. I thank God for all of those things. And I'm telling you today, we've got to come into an understanding that the Babylonian spirit wants to keep us oppressed with things more than God. Most people would rather have their child marry somebody with money than they would be in the ministry. Huh? Some people are more worried about money than they are them being saved. Let me tell you, I've already preferenced and told you I want God's people to be blessed. But listen to me. If you, if you get them, they're, they're unequally yoked and they're messed up and they get into a relationship, it's going to jack up their marriage and you can have a million dollars and still be jacked up. But if you teach them how to serve God, love God, worship God, pray for that one God to come into their life. Renee and I prayed all of our, our lives for our children that God would bring them a godly people. Amen. And he would bring them people full of the Holy Spirit because I've learned one thing. I've not always had money, haven't always been blessed. But as long as I've got his anointing, as long as I've got his spirit, as long as I've got a prayer partner, we can overcome anything. Glory to God. And so God we need to focus on those things that are godly and say, this is my desire. Amen. If someone lifts, you know, I, I, I've seen it, this Babylonian spirit come and it's even infiltrated into the church where people don't worship anymore. Well, I didn't get no amens right there. But how many has been around in the church long enough to know people used to be radical with their worship? You didn't have to used to tell people, raise your hand, say amen. You had to tell them, sit down and shut up. Huh? Because God had been good to them and they rejoiced in that. But I, I don't just preach here on Sunday, but I'm blessed to be able to preach all over the country. And I thank God for that, honored to do that, humbled to do that. But listen to me, there's some places I went and if, and if you raised your hand, they would have thought you had won a prize. Huh? If somebody would have danced, they'd have thought you had too much coffee before you come. Huh? There's some places you can smell the embalming fluid when you walk in the door. I mean, it is bad. <laughs> it is bad. There, there is no excitement. There is no spirit of expectation. There is no demand upon the presence of God or his anointing to change a thing. But I want to tell you that we don't come here on our gifting. Thank God for the worship team. Thank God for the servants. Thank God, amen, for the word of God. But we don't come here on Sunday based upon our ability. We come here believing that God is going to show up and he's going to reveal his glory and his power 
and he's going to change some things that we cannot change. Come on. There's some things you can't sing anybody out of. There's some things you can't preach people out of. But when the anointing shows up, if it's on a song or in the word of God, it will destroy the yoke. It'll remove the burden. And we can leave saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise right there today. <laughs> Amen. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. The devil has lied to Judah. We are children of the king. And we have a right to praise God. I said we have a right to praise God. We can praise him. We can worship him because he's been good to us. No matter what your circumstance is right now, there, there's something in your life that you can thank God for. Amen. There's something you can praise him for. It doesn't matter. It's, it's amazing to me how we get amnesia when we get into difficult situations. And it looks, it look, if you, to look at us, it looks like that, that we, we don't have anything to thank God for. Well, the circumstance may be bad, but God's always been good. And so there, the fact that he has always been good, there's something I can thank him for in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the situation, that I can lift up my voice and give him glory and give him praise. But the enemy of Babylon has come and even silenced the church within the church but we need to rise up push back against that spirit and say you're not going to silence my voice I've been born to the tribe of Judah I've been born to praise God I've been created for such a time as this and I'm going to lift up my voice I'm going to declare to the world I'm going to speak against this image that the world has been given I'm going to be a joyful somebody I'm going to rejoice in the Lord at all times his praise shall continue Continue to be in my mouth. I will lift up my voice like a trumpet and I will not be silent. Why? Because he has made me glad and know that the, the best things are yet ahead of me, knowing that the things that he has prepared for my life, I may not lay hold on it yet, but it is yet to come and I will refuse to give in to a Babylonian spirit that holds me back and gives me the fluffiness of the world whenever there is a mandate upon my life. I refuse Babylon to separate me from my God because if I cannot hear his voice then I'm a man of most misery but I'm thankful today he still speaks to us. I'm thankful today, amen, that his presence is still with us and if I can hear his voice then I know my name and if I know my name then I know my purpose and if I know my purpose then I've been anointed to do this I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. I've been anointed to sing praise. I've been anointed to worship him. I've been anointed to deliver those who are in captivity and say you will not be bound another day but in the name of Jesus rise up and walk. Why? Because God has anointed us for such a time as this. For such a time as this. So we're not just going to sit around here and act like we can't get nothing done. Huh? We ain't going to sit around here and act like woe is me and woe is mine. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. Huh? Take that song. To hee-haw. 
We've got a new song to sing. Huh? On this Thanksgiving weekend, we need to remember we are not the children of Babylon. We're the children of Judah. And we've got so much to be thankful for. So we've got so much to be thankful for. I want to challenge you today to push back on that Babylonic spirit that comes against you this week. Push back against that that is in your life that's trying to dominate and push you down and tell you you can't get it done. And let that spirit of Judah rise up in you and give a roar of Judah. (laughs) Amen. And declare God is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Praise God. Rob, could you come help me real quick? And uh, I'll quit. Uh, Can you sing a little bit of that last song you sang? Yeah, surrender. And in this atmosphere today, just reminding us that we're of Judah, not Babylon. There's things in your life that in your mindset, people of the traditions that you've grown up with, the spirit of the age that's come to you and told you you can't do it because of this, because of that. I just want Judah to rise up in you and roar today. Amen. Let Judah rise up and roar in you today and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your personal savior, I challenge you today to rise up and say, I'll not be bound or intimidated by this spirit any longer, but I will serve the Lord. I won't just believe, but I'll belong to his kingdom today. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. Let's worship him here today for just a moment. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord is touching you minister to you in this message today i want to invite you to come amen let us worship him here now